This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The daughter of Alexander Dugin, a nationalist ideologue who has been described as, quote, Vladimir Putin's brain, was killed outside Moscow by a car bomb. Since Daria Dugina was killed while driving her father's car, it is believed that he was probably the intended target. Both father and daughter have asserted Russia's authority over Ukraine, and both of them have been sanctioned by Britain and America. Li Xinlong, the Prime Minister of Singapore, said that his city-state would decriminalize sex between men. He told a rally that his government would repeal Section 377A of the Penal Code. The colonial-era law, which punishes acts of, quote, gross indecency between men with up to two years in jail, is not, quote, proactively enforced, as Mr. Lee once put it, at present. Somali forces said they had overrun and killed the al-Shabaab fighters laying siege to a hotel in Mogadishu. At least 20 people died when the jihadist group, which has links to al-Qaeda, attacked the Hayat Hotel in the Somali capital on Friday. It was the first significant attack by al-Shabaab since Hassan Sheikh Mohamud was elected president in May. The group already controls much of the Somali countryside. NSO, an Israeli company that sells hacking software to governments, announced that its CEO, Shalev Julio, would be stepping down as part of a reorganization process. NSO has received a lot of bad publicity and is fighting several lawsuits. Its Pegasus spyware, although supposedly only sold to trusted governments, has allegedly been misused to keep tabs on politicians, journalists, and campaigners. NSO has denied any wrongdoing. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, warned that the Kremlin might be preparing an ugly attack in the lead-up to Independence Day celebrations. Ukraine broke away from the Soviet Union on August 24, 1991. Meanwhile, a drone reportedly struck the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea Fleet in Sevastopol, Crimea, again pointing towards Russia's vulnerability far from the front line of its war. The perpetrators remain unknown. The head of Germany's Bundesbank said that the European Central Bank will need to continue raising interest rates, even though Germany and the wider Eurozone faces the prospect of a recession. Joachim Nagel told the Rheinische Post that high inflation would persist into next year and could reach double figures this autumn. Albania's defense ministry said that two Russians and one Ukrainian had been arrested for attempting to spy on an arms plant in the center of the country. Two Albanian soldiers were injured trying to stop their entry. And fact of the day. $16 billion. Amazon's expected spending on media content this year. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America and South Korea back in full battle rattle. On Monday... America and South Korea will begin full-scale joint military drills for the first time in five years. In 2018, Donald Trump, then America's president, had called for an end to the exercises, as he courted Kim Jong-un, North Korea's leader, who resented them. But those were different times. America and North Korea were talking to one another, 
and South Korea's dovish, then-president, Moon Jae-in, was keen for inter-Korean rapprochement. Reality has since set in. North Korea is back to developing weapons openly. While America and South Korea warn of, quote, strong and firm action, if need be. The drills mark a return to the status quo. They are designed to test the readiness for an attack, to reassure the South Koreans they are safe, and to dissuade the North Koreans from trying anything too bold. At the very least, expect the normal North Korean reaction, fiery words to match its enemies' live-fire exercises. Cloak and Daggers Drawn for Greek Politicians Greece's lawmakers returned from summer break on Monday to discuss a demand by Alexis Tsipras, the leader of the left-wing opposition, for a parliamentary probe into the activities of the National Intelligence Service, EYP. It stands accused of hacking into the phones of politicians and journalists. The scandal could topple the government. The conservative prime minister, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, will be pressed to explain why EYP, which he oversees personally, was eavesdropping on Nikos Androlakis, a member of the European Parliament, while he campaigned for the leadership of a small socialist party. Meanwhile, the European Parliament's spyware watchdog Pega wants Greece to investigate Intellexa, the Athens-based, Israeli-owned maker of Predator, a spyware system that was used in another unsuccessful attack on Mr. Androlakis's phone. Predator was also detected lurking in a Greek journalist's phone. Mr. Mitsotakis claims that he was unaware of EYP's surveillance of Mr. Androlakis and that Greece's government does not possess Predator. Africa's Many Health Problems This week, scores of officials, ministers, and other bigwigs descend on Lome, Togo's capital, for an annual World Health Organization conference about the state of health in Africa. The past two sessions had to be held virtually. This year, the four-day powwow includes a session on how countries have maintained essential health services while fighting COVID-19. Yet the pandemic is just one of many items on the agenda. The health ministers have a myriad of problems to consider, from sickle cell disease to tuberculosis. African countries have some of the highest rates in the world. Polio, non-communicable diseases, and mental health will also be in focus. Most of the continent's health ministries are short on resources and struggle with unenviable decisions about how to prioritize COVID-19 vaccinations relative to perennial needs, such as jabs against tetanus and measles. And with just 22% of Africans fully vaccinated against COVID-19, another wave could force priorities to change quickly. Zoom's shrinking earnings. Today, Zoom, a video conferencing service, will report its second quarter results. The firm's popularity soared during the pandemic, but now it faces emboldened competitors such as Microsoft Teams. Another problem is that demand for Zoom's services is waning as more workers return to the office. Its operating margins declined from 32% in last year's first quarter to 17% this year. Investors took heed. Zoom's share price has fallen by 46% since the start of the year, against a 17% decline across the tech-heavy NASDAQ Composite Index. Yet remote work has survived. 
Some 58% of America's employees say they work from home at least some of the time. But firms that benefited during the pandemic's heyday are now suffering. Consider Peloton, which makes internet-connected exercise bikes, Netflix, a video streaming service, and DocuSign, an electronic signatures firm. Each of their share prices has fallen by more than 50% this year. The buzz around remote work stocks has all but worn off. Making Jet Fuel Green Air travel emissions are notorious and hard to do without. Batteries show promise for powering short-range flights, but decarbonizing longer journeys is much harder. The solution may be sustainable aviation fuel, a drop-in replacement for the conventional stuff. Innovators are working on various ways to produce SAF. Some use discarded cooking oil and animal fats. Others start with plant matter left over from forestry and agriculture. Still others turn carbon dioxide into carbon monoxide and then combine that with hydrogen to create hydrocarbons. Some are even trying to engineer single-celled algae to produce fuels directly. For now, SAF is about three times as costly as ordinary jet fuel. Even so, airlines have undertaken 450,000 flights with SAF in the fuselage. With the industry aiming to become carbon neutral by 2050, that number is set to soar. Someday, even the most environmentally finicky passenger may board aircraft with a clean conscience. Daily Quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. What is the traditional title for an adult male Mormon who has taken the lowest office in the Melchizedek priesthood? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Henri Cartier-Bresson, who was born on this day in 1908. Sharpness is a bourgeois concept. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.